worship becomes mundane. <clears throat> when you find yourself sitting in church, going through the motions, being irritated about something that happened or wanting to know what time am I going to get out, and all of a sudden you just are aware of the fact that <clears throat> you are not getting anything out of being at church. You're not getting anything out of the worship. And you ask yourself, why am I even here? You say, oh, that never happens to me. Well, I'm sure you lie about other things. <laughs> but the reality is there are times when all of us find ourselves going through the motions of our spiritual disciplines. That's what we're going to talk about today on Life Talks. I'm Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Do you ever find yourself just going through the motions of, of worship, Ben? I, I, think it's, I think it's incredibly normal for people to that, that have done something for years, decades, um, routine that are that's routine to lose a sense of the the, the sacredness or the specialness of something. Yeah. And so I think um, a lot of times you can go to church and you can go through the motions and you can sit and listen and sing and do all the things you're supposed to do and you just kind of are you're just there. And whether you're a pastor or you've gone to church for decades, it's just one of those things that can very easily become mundane to you, like you said. And so um, now I think that there's a, I think there's a consumeristic way to look at this. And I, I want to address that. I don't think what we're saying is, um, you know, we need to be Simon Cowell sitting there on Sunday mornings, judging everything that's happening. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why many of us don't get anything out of worship. In fact, that was one of my main points. Yeah. When we come to church as a critic rather than with the intention of Or a consumer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, how many, how many, and this is hard for pastors because I don't know about you, but the minute I walk in that room, I'm in critic mode. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like what that person's wearing. This is too loud. Uh, I can't, you know, somebody missed this when they were cleaning. I'm oh, yeah. I, I think critic. it's really hard for you to turn that off. It's, even if you're on vacation and you go to church mm-hmm. services, kind of like, yeah, if this were my church, I would. You're either evaluating, like, I really like how they do that, or I don't like that, or, you know, you, you because it's your, it's that's the field you're in, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like church is your thing. And so it's very easy for you to go into evaluation mode when you're at a church. And I have to remind myself, like, turn that part of my brain off. But that's, I think that's a real thing that a lot of people struggle with is, especially, you know, every once in a while, you'll find that person who will come to church and, and, and they'll be like, I've tried seven churches and now I'm here to try yours. And you're like, just keep on moving. Yeah, no <laughs> because you I'm know, save you some time. <laughs> because listen, if you've been, if you lived in, in an area for, you know, two years and you have, you're on your eighth church and you haven't found the right one, you know, it's time to look in the mirror. Yeah, the problem isn't the church. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm sure that there's a, uh, a church that you could have found by, by now. And, and I, again, I'm not trying to um, make fun of anyone. I just think that there's, I think sometimes you can carry that critical mindset that you know you have these unrealistic standards for the way, and it's all about you because I want a church that does these seven things perfectly. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? You know, start your own church then, mm-hmm. because no church is, is there for for that all of your yeah. greatest needs and wants. If you feel you know, like you're doing people a favor by coming to church, then you're coming to church for the wrong reasons. And, you know, a lot of people feel that way. Like, well, if we come to this church, we're going to do this and yeah. we do this, and oh, well, you know. Sorry, that's that's not the motivation right. for for picking your that's church. Right. Well, what are some things that you have on your? I list got there? ten. I got ten things. Ten man, you're thinking ten. in tens. All right, all right. So first one is remember you're here for God, not you. 
Mm-hmm. I know we just talked about that. Yeah. You know, when you come to a worship service, remember you God is the audience. You are you are joining the worship team and the pastor to lift up a an act of worship, whether it's the worship of singing, the act of worship of listening, the act of worship of praying. But everything you're doing is a direct response to who God is. And so we gotta remember that. You are God is the audience, not you, and so you're there for God. You're there to worship God, and um, you're not there for to make sure that you have the best feelings, that you are moved emotionally, that you you know you cried, you you know this is how I felt. Therefore, you know you're there for God, and when you are there, you're going to get more out of worship when you're there for worship. Mm-hmm. It's that that simple. Um, number two. Uh, have an expectant attitude. The belief that God, I'm I'm expecting for you to speak to me today. You know, we have these banners in our in our auditorium. Um, you know, God, help me to hear from you today through your Spirit, through your Word. When there's a spirit of expect uh, of expectancy, there's this sense of God. I believe you're going to tell me something today. I believe you're going to show me something today. I believe you're going to show me something of a sin I need to confess or that I need to change. You know, when we feel like we've arrived and we're just there to grow in our knowledge, it's like. That's a that's a bad place to be, and so uh, I, I don't think you can overemphasize this enough because <clears throat> the, the the reality is, if we live our life that way, we will see things that we would otherwise miss. So mm. when you come into church expecting to hear from God, you're going to be looking for it. Yeah. It's like if you walk into a room expecting to find a hundred dollar bill, you're going to be looking for the hundred dollar <laughs> bill, right? You know, I've I've done that w- w- more recently because you know you've been challenging us to be better about the gospel. Mm. So when I get up in the morning and pray, Lord, you're going to bring somebody across my path today that needs to hear the gospel, would you make me mindful of it? Yeah. That God was going to do it whether or not. The question was whether I was going to be mindful of That's it. Right. I prayed for that, but now I'm also anticipating that God's going to answer that yes. prayer. I got to pay attention. Yes, absolutely. So I think I think there's that expectancy is going to change the way you're, you're, you, you enjoy your worship. I think number three, uh, and this is kind of simple, practical, but get a good night's sleep. Man, when you, we didn't, you don't sleep well mm-hmm. when you're up late and, and, uh, I just think that a good night's rest is one of the best things you can do for your body, and it's going to make sure that you're well-rested. And so get a good night's sleep. That's yeah. something very simple. If you're simple. sleeping through the service, there's a problem, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and only half the time it's yes. because the preacher's boring. Um, okay, so I'm going to get some—as you say, Dan, I'm going to get into some meddling right now. Ooh, Ready? Put your phone away oh, and put it yes. on—you know, do not disturb. Yes. You know, just stop— getting the notifications, the text messages, like put it on silent, put it on sleep mode, whatever you want to do, put it on a mode where you're not going to, your phone's not going to buzz or ding. And that way you will not have to have that Pavlov's dog of when it buzzes, oh, I got to look at it. You know, it's just, that's just something that happens. And if you say, but I read my Bible on it, then bring a real Bible, a paper Bible, a what do you call it? That was another one I brought. Oh, was it really? I said, yeah, I said okay. bring bring a Bible and a notebook and a pen. Yes, yes. When Good you one. when you have something physical in your hand, like a Bible, or you have a notebook that you can open up and that you are taking notes in it, you will get you will get ten times more out of the sermon when you are taking notes on the sermon than you were if you were just sitting there just watching the pastor. There's something about writing. There's something about note taking that is a uh, it helps you remember. It helps you ingest the truth more. Um, but that is something that I would encourage everyone. If you want to get more out of the sermon, that it, you know, it's not about the pastor preaching. You know, better. It's about ninety percent of it is you are. How are you listening? How are you engaging? Yes, with it? and and when you're taking notes, don't necessarily just take the notes that the pastor's made obvious. Right to number one. 
Number two. Yeah. Um, that's why I love soaping. Ask mm-hmm. yourself, what is God saying to me in this moment? And write that yeah. down. I mean, I can't, Dan, there's so many times, you know this, you, you and I walk through, we live through this. We will say something in a sermon that is totally, you know, Holy Spirit, you yeah. know, led, right? <laughs> you never planned and, on and saying it. And I never planned on right. saying it. And I don't remember even saying it, but someone come to you, up to me and like, man, you, when you said this, I wrote this down, when you said this in the sermon, I, I'm like, I said that? Yeah. I had no idea I said that. And that's when you know, like there are those little nuggets that God, the Holy Spirit, is is going to give you, and if you're aware of those times, man, that's those are amazing opportunities to write those things down. And so, pen, Bible, you know, physical Bible, notebook, bring that to church, and I promise you, you will get more out of out of your time of worship. Um, the next one I have is read the scripture beforehand. You know, every Thursday. Or Friday, I believe our our church sends out an email. You know, hey, this is what's happening at Life this weekend, and there there are all these things that that are going on. But every single time, the text of the of the passage will is given, saying Pastor Dan, Pastor Ben are preaching on this passage. One of the best things you can do is read that passage, meditate on it, soap in it if you want to. But that you you are familiar with that passage, so that when the the, the pastor is preaching you're able to hear it from a lens of, man, I've already been thinking about this. Mm. And maybe it's a different perspective. Maybe it's something God confirms. Like you already had an idea of what you believe God has been saying to you. And the, the pastor gets up there and he preaches something. And you're like, man, that is exactly what God's been teaching me. And God confirms it. Like you will get so much more out of the sermon when you are familiar with the text of that Sunday morning. So that's that's another one. Um, another one I would say is pray f- pray for the church. Pray for yourself, and pray for the for the for the pastor, the musicians. Pray for just pray for the the church service and say, God, you know, do something through the music. Do something through Pastor Dan and Ben. Do something through the greeters and for the through kid life. You know, when you are prayerful and you're seeking the Lord and you're praying to the Lord, saying, God, I'm 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 wanting you to do something this morning, um, or tomorrow morning, whenever you're going to pray. Again, it just changes the mindset. All of a sudden, it, that I think that increases that expectant attitude that we talked about earlier. So pray for these things. The next one I I, I have is um, listen to worship music on the way to church hmm. or in that morning. You know, if you're getting up in the morning, you have your routine. You know, don't listen to the news podcasts. Don't listen to you know the radio. Um, you know, come up with a playlist on your on your smartphone. And just listen to worship music, and mm. that way you're setting your heart, your mind, and and listen. There, there's always going to be a Sunday where you're like, I didn't really like the music, you know, and that's okay. Okay, you're never going to love every single Sunday morning of music singing. There's going to be some songs that that are more that feel more connected to you because of where you're at spiritually, emotionally. But guess what? You can spend 20, 15, 20, 25 minutes in the car listening to the favorite worship music mm-hmm. that you love. And guess what? Do it. Listen mm-hmm. to it. I think when you do that, you walk out of the car ready. I mean, if, if you listen to a political podcast for 15 minutes before you get to you're church, ticked off when you you're going to be so ticked off and the world's wrong and I'll tell you what, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, you know, prepare your heart for that, for that moment. Um and I've got two more. Number one, uh, the se- next to last one is confess your sin. Sometimes we just have sin in our lives, and it's blocking everything. It's blocking our sensitivity to God. It's blocking our uh, 
our ability to be to hear the Holy Spirit. And when we have unconfessed sin that we are allowing to grow and to continue on in our life, man, it just it makes us numb. It's that searing of the conscience. It's that it's that numbing to the to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I just think it's something that is really dangerous for us as mm-hmm. Christians. And then lastly, I, I just have this serve one, serve one service, attend one service. That's been a mantra here at the mm-hmm. church for a long time. And I think if you are invested in serving at least in one service, you're going to be more invested in worshiping in the service. Yeah. And so those are my 10, Dan. Excellent, got, and you got you had time to spare, so yeah. I have a few time uh, time for a few. All of right, mine, I want to so. hear. I want to hear some of yours. Here's here's one that, and, and you know, I've not been gifted vocally, right? What I, What do you mean by that? I'm. I, I'm I mean, never you mean musically. Sing, yes. Oh, okay. All right. Because yeah. I'm like you. You've got a great, you know, speaking voice. I don't know about that, but <laughs> but the the thing is, I challenge you to sing. Hmm. Um, there's something about singing that becomes intimate. Mm-hmm. It's something about singing to or for God that becomes spiritually intimate. Yeah. Uh, you say, well, I don't like the sound of my voice. That's not the issue. Well, I don't know music. That's not the issue. The Bible doesn't say you've got to sing well. It just says sing. And I believe singing is is a gift from God that no other, you say, well, the birds sing, but they don't talk. We can talk and sing. Mm-hmm. Birds sing a tune. They do not sing words. Mm. We communicate vocally with our words That's and right. with singing, it is a gift to the human race That's right. that God has given us, and we ought to use it. You know, I don't know the words of the song. We'll learn them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and well, that's not my style of music. Okay. Fake it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we come up with all these excuses, but the Bible tells us that we ought to sing unto the Lord. Yeah. So that's one. Number two. Keep in mind that you aren't the only person in the room. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so good. You know, yeah. so not everything, not every sermon is for you. Not every song is for you. Not every prayer is about something you're going with. Yeah. And so find find yourself looking for others for whom you can pray. Look for someone who's frustrating you at that moment and pray for them. Mm. Uh, pray, pray that your eyes would be open to someone having a need so that after the service that you might be able to go and help mm. meet that need. Mm-hmm. But be be consciously cognitive of the fact that this isn't about me when I walk in the room. That's really good. I like that. This one, I think, may be the most important one for me. Okay. Be early. Oh, that's good, Dan. Yeah. I like that. There's something, you know, I I love going to, um, like, if I go to a concert downtown, when I say concert, I'm talking about- You're talking about, like, Van Halen, that kind of stuff? I'm not talking about- The 80s rock band. Dan loves 80s rock. I'm talking about, you know, a musical (laughs) or or something. It's a date night, right? I hate, 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 hate. I always get really nervous. Like, well, I'm going to miss the opening curtain. I'm going to do... And so I like going early. I mean, if we're going to eat dinner beforehand, we go way early. And then I like to walk in. I like to walk around the lobby. I like to make sure I've used the restroom. And then I like to make sure I have my seat. Oh, you're speaking my love language right now, Dan. I mean, early to me is like, I could not have married a woman that would have ever made me late. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now, I, I would have been divorced right now. Yeah. Because I, I can't, I cannot be late, you know, so. Well, there's there's two things that happen when you're early. Number one, you have time to mentally prepare yourself mm-hmm. for it. Um, and sit in the auditorium and pray mm-hmm. or just wait on the Lord 
or think or greet others near you and, and, and find somebody that has also come in early. So, you, yeah. you know, you're unicorns. Get to know each other. <laughs> um, but the other thing that being early does is it eliminates the stress that being late causes. Mm. I can't tell you how many times I've watched people do, you know, do, do the run walk up the, <laughs> up the, out of the parking lot. Um, and the, the negotiations are going on. I got to go to the bathroom. You take the kids, you check the kids in. Uh, did you, did you, did you, did you remember this? Did you, uh, mm. And you can see it going on and they, they walk in and, and they walk into the auditorium. They're waiting for their spouse to get out of the bathroom or whatever. And then they walk in and they're late and they're rolling their eyes at each other and, and they're frustrated. Mm. They probably had words at some point that morning. And now all of a sudden, because they walk into the auditorium, that everything's supposed to be just delightful and God's going to speak to them in a special way. No, they it's going to take them 10 minutes before the adrenaline gets back to a normal level. Mm. So by by being early, you eliminate a lot of that. And can I, can I give you a little tip on that? Mm-hmm. One of the best things you can do to make sure that you're not rushed around on Sunday morning, because we know that's a, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just make sure that all the clothes are laid out the night before. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I iron things on Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, you don't. We, we that used to be a ritual at my house. Yeah. You'd take a bath yeah. and you'd lay out your clothes on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. And in those days, we had to polish our shoes. Oh, so man. we polished our shoes on Saturday night. Yeah. Dad taught me how to polish shoes yeah. on a Saturday night. So, but I just think I think sometimes if you're you're just throwing things together on Sunday morning, it just it adds to that stress. It adds to all the the frustration. But I, there's I one think other, that's... there's one other little trick to that. Okay. And this is this is not rocket science. All right. Set your alarm 15 minutes early. The bottom line is this. When your alarm goes off, you're going to gripe. You're going to have a bad... I, 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 if you're one of those people that as soon as the alarm goes off, thank God, I'm so glad it woke me That's up. Me. Yeah, That's well, me. That's me. You're I'm a right weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have the, I don't puppy. need an alarm clock. I just wake up internally. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it doesn't matter whether that alarm rings at 4 a.m., 6 a.m., 8 a.m., 10 a.m., it's going to set me off. <laughs> you know, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. If I'm going to gripe, I might as well gripe 15 minutes earlier yeah. and get to church on time and not have to yell at my wife or kids or anything else yes. that's going to go on. So, so then here's the last one. Intentionally try to capture sacred moments within the service, mm. right? There are sacred moments. There's the call to worship. There's the reading of the word of God. Yeah. There is, in our church, the moment of silence. Mm-hmm. If you're taking communion, there's the observance of the ordinance. Even if it's baptism, which is more of a celebra- mm-hmm. celebratory, you can celebrate that moment. Mm-hmm. Think about mm-hmm. think about what you're doing. If your church has a public invitation or a response time, that's a sacred moment. Yeah. The benediction, if your church does a benediction, is a sacred moment. So connect to those sacred moments. What we end up doing is using them as cues. Oh, communion, that means, okay. Or benediction, I want to be the first to the parking lot so I can get to Chili's first. You know, we we start thinking in those terms. Oh, the the invitation, maybe I can slip out a little bit early, (laughs) you know, because I got important things to do, tea time, or the game's going to kick off. All of those things disconnect us from why we're there. Yeah. So you you know the service is going to be 90 minutes. You know that you, you, you know, you could do other things. So plan your two hours. Is it really too much to ask anybody to give the Lord two hours or four hours, particularly if you're if you're going to serve? 
So if you're going to get there at 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 at, at nine o'clock, then plan on staying until one. Or if it's going to be you know eight uh, thirty, you know mm-hmm. make your plans three hours, four hours, however long it's going to be. Yeah. And then don't resent it. You yeah. don't resent it because you go to the movie. You go to the movie early. You get your popcorn. You yeah. sit down. You you watch the you watch the trailers. You uh, you know you talk about it afterwards in the lobby with somebody mm-hmm. you've seen. Um, you know it's an event. And and worship is not an event. It is more important than yeah. an event. So. Yeah, it aligns. It really what it does is it aligns our hearts and our minds to the importance of who God is. Yep. It reminds us of all the the mission that we have in life, and it and it inspires us to to live the way that Jesus wants us to live. And so, um, we've got we've got one minute. Let me ask you a real quick okay. bo- bonus question. Okay, bonus round. Love yeah, Wor- worship. We talked about this morning in the context of a church service, mm-hmm. but what is your favorite time to worship when you're not at church? Um, it's probably when I go on my morning prayer walks. I knew you were going to say that. I, I just, th- that's my time with Jesus, man. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I sing, I pray, I listen. I, I need that in my life. And if I don't get that, I feel, I, I feel like a car that's got bad gas in it mm-hmm. and it just, I'm just clunky yeah. the, the rest of the day. But, but when I, when I start my day like that, I just, that sets the tone for my entire day. So that's and that's, that's one of the things I, mean. I love about you because you you do this almost without exception unless yeah. you're sick or something yeah. you're 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 going to be doing it. Yeah. if you ever want to shoot Ben just wait in his driveway at the time he comes out of the <laughs> Dan, house Dan I told Dan when I always walk he's like man I don't do that kind of stuff because someone will shoot you they'll, they'll, they'll start tracking you I'm like where did you grow up man <laughs> so, not the hood so what, what about you what's what's that time of worship for you mine's in my car mm. yeah. There are times I just turn everything off, yeah. and I, I'm not going to get any interruptions. And and I love driving um, because I can get in my head. Deep, yeah, deep. yeah, yeah. It used to be when I when I mowed my grass. That mm. used to, I loved to mow my grass on a riding lawnmower, and and just that's a good I, time. You sing, and you can sing, and nobody hears you. Yeah. <laughs> so those were those were my two times. That's good. Well, folks, uh, I hope that you're paying attention to your worship. I hope that it is enriching you. That's part of what God created us to do. There is no higher calling than for us to worship our Creator. And so I hope you're paying attention when you do and doing it to the glory of God. As always, we appreciate you listening to Life Talk. Share us, if you would, on your social media accounts. And until next time, we'll we'll, uh, enjoy seeing you at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.